Welcome to the weekly sermon by Generations Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our special speaker. Well, this morning I'm very excited because we're <clears throat> we wanted to start the year off uh, hearing from just hearing from the Lord, uh, and He is going to be speaking through someone that is very special to me. And uh, he, Dr. Tim Walsh is going to be coming up, and he is uh, he and his wife Sharon are are just beautiful members of this generation's family. And uh, I tell you what, I always say whenever I whenever I grow up, I want to be like Dr. Walsh. Um, if that ever happens, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but uh, this is a, a wonderful man. He's uh, incredibly just brilliant. Every time I talk to him, I just I just want to soak up everything he says. He's, uh, he's has his doctorate in education. It's been over 30 years, he and his wife together, in education, even running a school. And uh, he's a, a husband, a father, a grandfather. And I am excited about whatever he has to share with us today to start our year off the right way. Dr. Tim Walsh, let's give him a hand. Thank you. Uh, good morning. I'm always... I'm always kind of um, worried when Scott gets up to introduce because um, I like to start off small and exceed the expectations, not start high and then try to meet them, you know. But uh, I appreciate being here. Uh, It's been a while. It's been a year, in fact, that um, I've shared. And um, let me just say that um, even by the words that were spoken today, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in awe because God has orchestrated something today. And, um, and I don't want to be the hindrance. I want you to hear from the Holy Spirit today. And um, I think what he shared with me about a month ago is in line with what was shared today. So I thank the Lord for that. Um, you be the judge to see if you believe it was in line. You know, that's the important thing. But, um, you know, it's always good to be here because I'm so well taken care of. I have to appreciate Bob and, and his other people that work with him. I always feel like I'm a kept man when I come. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, do you want water? Or, you know, do you want, it, it, it's just like a five-star, you know, five-star hotel here. It's incredible. I've never been in a church that does that. So it's, it's, it's. It shows the leadership, I can say that. Well, how should I begin? You know, I, I, I think about this year, and it was such a, such a, it, it, when, when Pastor Scott asked me, he says, um, would you mind if, if you sought the Lord and, and maybe you had something? I said, sure, and uh, then it went dark, you know, then it went, it just, you know, it's like, oh, man, do I, do I have something? Because I don't want to just do it, you know, just in, and say, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give you a week off, you know. It's on me, you know. That's my Christmas present to you, you know, a week off. But uh, I said, I don't want to do that. I, I, I want to make sure that I have something. And so it was about three or four days, and I go, should I, should I, should I not, should I, Lord? What is it, what is it, what is it? And then it was like, okay. If you don't say yes, then your message means nothing. Because I'm going to talk about faith today. And it takes some faith to, to say to somebody a month ahead, 
yes, I will share something. God will give me something. I didn't have it in totality when I said to him, yes, I think God has something for this body. And so um, I, I think that only makes me more appreciative of the way the Lord moves because he meets us when we need it. You know, and, and that'll be part of the message today is that, you know, um, we could sit there and, and not look forward to anything. And guess what? You get it every time. You know, don't look forward to something and you'll get, or don't get, look forward to nothing and you'll get it every time, right? Isn't that what they say? So, but uh, when you look forward to something and say, God, this is it. Like the word, this is the year. This is it. Guess what? This is the year. I believe it, you know. And so last year when I was here, I shared a message about taking the highway. It was kind of a corny pun about um, the highway versus the highway that we can kind of get frustrated with as you're out on the, the road traveling. But one thing I want to remind you, I want to go back. I don't have time to go over the whole thing again, um, and I don't mean to, but I just wanted to, because God kind of took me to the next level of what I shared last year. And so I said, well, okay, well, some people weren't here last year, and, and most people, if you're like me, probably don't remember what happened last year, you know? And so um, last year I started talking about aligning our attitude. And that was very important, uh, an alignment of an attitude. And I shared in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And... That was very important. I felt like that was an important beginning and just a laying a groundwork of where we are in Christ is that an, an attitude of gratitude, you know, that, that's a cliche, but it's so true when we decide to walk in gratitude. We, you know, you can walk in gratitude for something smaller, you can wait for something bigger, but I mean, it, it, when God gives us breath every morning, that's gratitude. You know, and I mean, I can walk in gratitude knowing that God has something for me today and I'm going to do it, you know, and it, it just changes your day. It just, if you've ever noticed that, you know, people talking about, talk about waking up on the wrong side of the, of the bed, you know, and that sort of thing. It's really true. You know, if you, if you just think, you know, God, what a blessing. What are you going to do? What are we going to do together? What are you going to lead me into? Your day is different. And next we talked about aligning our actions. And in Ephesians 4.29 it says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. You know, aligning our actions, that's a decision too, right? We can be whatever we want, you know. But when we decide to align our actions to the word of God, that brings us into a better place to hear from God. We're walking in that same direction. So this year, as I said earlier, I, I was thinking about what to share and praying to God, God, give me something that could 
embody what you want for this church. What you want for, and you know, the church is us. We're individuals. This is the body of Christ right here. And so it's not for the church. It's for the church. You see, you got to remember that, that when God speaks to a body, he's not speaking to the body corporate, although there is a portion of that. He speaks to you because without each body member working together, fitted in the right place, doing what God has called, the body corporate won't get there. You see, so we all have an important part to play. So aligning our vision, and of course, aligning our vision, that was so easy, such an easy pun. 2020 vision, right? Come on. If you don't hear that, if you haven't already heard that, you will hear it 28,000 times this year. Have 2020 vision, you know? That's not what came to me, okay? <laughs> that was, I, I thought of the 2020, I said, maybe I should change the title, you know, or change the word. Maybe I shouldn't talk about vision. It's, it's going to be, but I stayed with it because I think there's something here that um, is a little bit different than what the world will give you. I, I know it is, in fact, something different than the world. You know, when you talk about living in the kingdom, living in the kingdom, having kingdom vision is totally different than having the world's vision. You know what I'm saying? And, and you're going to hear a lot about the world's vision. And pastor so aptly put it. I could have sat over there and just said, I'm done. In fact, I went through my mind. I'm done. I don't even need to preach. You know, I'm, he's, it's already done. But, you know, some, um, some of us, we just, we need to hear it in a different way. So I actually believe that the message that I have is pastor's, pastor's message in a different way. In the same, the same end point, you know, but uh, in a different way. So, vision for a new year, you know, sometimes when you say that, the world will say, hey, you need a new diet, you need a new exercise program, you know. How many of you have done a New Year's resolution? Come on, be honest. Okay, don't be honest, okay. But uh, in your heart, know that if you have or you haven't. There's, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. So maybe you might want to or maybe you don't want to, but, you know, USA, uh, I'm sorry, it's US News World Report, um, put out a statistic, and they said that, according to research, by February, 80% of the people will have not kept their resolution, right? So you got a one in five chance to keeping it going right there. So, um, but uh, what I'm talking about is the type of vision that will swing around and say, God, you have a vision. I want to be part of it. That's the vision that I'm talking about, you know? And the resolve is the resolution. I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? It takes a certain tenacity, you know. Um, now, let me just say that God has a plan for your life. God does. He has a plan for your life. If you don't believe that, you know, just think about it. Did you choose where you were going to be born? Did you choose who your parents were? God knew that way beforehand. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to talk more about that. But God has a plan for your life, right? So it's incumbent upon us to say in all humility, God, 
I'm available. Pick me. Choose me. Send me. I am ready for your plan. I choose not to work my plan. I choose to work your plan. That's the kind of reality that a Christian should live. But sometimes we allow some other things to control us. We allow fear instead of faith to control us. We are frozen by the what-ifs. Have you ever been frozen by a what-if? Oh, what if that happens? What if that happens? We look at the problems or challenges and say, not me, not now, not ever. I could never accomplish that. God could have a vision of great things tomorrow, but you, oh, things could, it could be rough, it could be tough, it's going to be a lot of work, I don't know if I could do it, I don't know. Well, you're half right. You know, I don't know if it's going to be tough, but I can guarantee you, you won't get to God's vision without God. So bring God into it, okay? It's not your deal. It's you are moving with God, you know? It's like people look at situations sometimes and they say, oh, that's not going to be good, that's not going to be good, I, I don't know if I want to go there. But let me just say, they're looking at that situation, right? And they're looking at that and making a determination, I just don't see it workable, I just don't, I just, no, I don't know. But what they don't realize is that when God's told you to get over here into the situation, the situation is different, isn't it? You are now part of the situation. The situation has now changed. So let me go over that again. You see that situation right there? Oh, it's tough, it's tough. I follow what God says and get into the situation, and the situation has now changed, and it can be a success because God has sent you to be the person who makes it a success. You see? So I'm encouraging you to not look at situations as if the what-ifs say, what can be? What can be if I, as a follower of Christ, listening to the Holy Spirit, move into a situation, anything is possible? You see? Let's look at uh, Philippians 4.6. Because this is a problem that... Um, you know, when I say fear, there's another word for fear, and that's being anxious about something, you know, and it's kind of more of a polite word, maybe, than fear, you know, but I'm anxious. I'm really, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We don't have to stay in that kind of frozen fear we can make our supplications to the Lord, giving it to him, recognizing that he has a plan for our life. He does. I don't. I don't know the plan for my life. I, I'm still trying to figure it out, folks, you know. Uh, and, and, and if any of you have already figured out the plan God has for your life and you know the way it's all going to go, tell me how you know, because I still haven't figured that out. Every single day, it's God. Here I am, help me. Oh, sure, I know little bits here and there, you know, that, that, that he does, but I don't know, that, I don't know what I'm going to be in five years. Amen. I don't know what God has, I, I, and it's kind of exciting, you know, isn't it? 
I choose to be excited. I choose not to be fearful. You see? It's a choice. Devote yourselves, uh, Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. I kind of shared that last year too about the attitude that you need to be in a thankfulness. Even if a small thing, I'm thankful. You see, it changes your whole thing. But we are not left alone to find our way. God has already prepared our way. You have to understand that. You have to begin with that as a basic foundational understanding. If you don't believe that, we need to have a talk. Okay? We need to have a talk. Because that is, you can't build a big structure unless you have a broad foundation. Right? And that is the foundation that God has us in the palm of his hand, that God has everything good for us ready in time when needed. You have to believe that. Listen to what David says in Psalm 139. I have no overhead for this, but your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. See that? God has our days ordained for us, already prepared. You have been created for a purpose. Created for a purpose. That's, a, that's just a, a mind shift. I have been created before the foundation of the world. God knew I was going to be, and he had a plan for my life. Do you believe that? Ephesians 2.10, I'll remind you. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You see? You just got to let that sink in a little bit sometimes. Sometimes we read the word and we just read it so fast that we just don't... I, I just, I'm just going to read that again. For we, you, we're going to put you in there. For you are his workmanship. Do you believe the Bible? By the way, you believe the Bible, yeah? For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that you would walk in them. You don't have to worry about tomorrow, folks. God has got it. Some of us just can't seem to get out of our own way. We start out with a good plan, but then lose our way, or make a bad decision, or lose our cool and break relationships, and all of a sudden everything is just all a mess, right? You know, the Bible has a fix for all of that. A fix for all of that. But you have to decide. Are you going to walk in the Spirit? Galatians 5.16 and I'll follow with 23 and 24. 
But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Now, what's walking by the Spirit going to look like? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's what it looks like. And you have that at your disposal. You have that within reach. Decide to walk by the Spirit. It is something that you have to learn how to hear from God. There is an an aspect of it that you have to be willing to walk with God. It's all of those things together, you see. But let me just say, your born-again spirit, you do believe you have a born-again spirit, right? If you say you're a believer and you don't believe you have a born-again spirit, we have to talk, right? Just a little bit of thinking that you have to have corrected in your mind. But I believe that this is a well-taught church, and so that if you say you're born again, you, you do have a born-again spirit. So you don't have to ask, or you don't have to pray and say, God, I need more patience. And, and you can't, I'm not going to try to offend people because I know the vernacular. Sometimes I know what they mean. But there's a truth behind that. I don't, want people, I don't want people to say, I want more patience as if God has to, you know, bring a bigger gift than you already have. You do. If you walk by the Spirit, you have all the patience God has. Because the Holy Spirit will bring you patience. Okay, you understand? What, what, where I'm going to is a little different than, I understand the vernacular. Oh God, you know, help me, you know, um, I need more self-control and that sort of thing. Let me just say, if you're saying that in the terms of you want God, you, you, you're open, you, you want more of the Holy Spirit being uh, relative or, or relevant in your life, you want to live more by the Spirit and leave the less of the flesh behind. I understand that kind of a prayer. But if you're saying, I want more self-control because, God, you just haven't given me enough, that's what I want to tell. I want to say, change your thinking. The Holy Spirit has all the self-control you will ever need, and it's in your born-again spirit. You see? So it changes the dynamic, you know? It, 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 I, I don't know, I, I was dwelling over a, a, a little example of this, and I was hard, but I'm going to try one right now because it's just come to me, you know? You're driving down the road, and the thing's on empty, and, and you oh, Lord, I need more gas. I need more gas. It's about empty, you know? That's one prayer. But what if I got a five-gallon gas can in the trunk of my car? I already got the gas. So why am I praying, oh God, give me more gas and my gas tank is almost empty. I got five gallons right in the back of my trunk and in my trunk there. I can just put it in there. I'm good to go. You see? It's kind of like, oh God, I want more self-control. You know, God's looking. You already got it. I gave it to you. You know? Why are you asking me for it? I gave it to you. 
It's kind of like your little kids asking for something. You've got it. It's already on your bed laid out. You know, or whatever the case is. You see, you have to change the way you think about. And so I don't, I, I'm not chiding anybody for saying I have over the years thought about, you know, the times, oh God, you know, increase my faith and that sort of thing. And, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about that too because God's corrected me on some of the things. But you get the point that God has given you all that you need to live a life that he has planned for you. Okay? Now, let me show you how I know that God has equipped each born-again believer with all that is needed. You think, you, you want a little, I mean, I just said it, right? I, you, well, let me show you by the word. Let's hear what Peter has to say. If you, if, will you take Peter's word for it, okay? In Peter 1.3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and to godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. God, let's just, whoo, man. Okay, now that's in the, that, 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 that is the New American Standard version. And that just didn't, I, I looked for another translation because I wanted it elaborated a little bit more in another reference. So I turned to a very uh, easy read message Bible, okay? Let's just read for a moment the same verse in the message. Everything that goes into a life pleasing to God has been miraculously given to us. What? what did, did, I, did, you read, did you hear that? Everything that goes into a life pleasing God has been miraculously given to us. How? By getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we've ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you, your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. Let me just kind of paraphrase the whole thing, okay? The more you get to know Jesus, the more you understand and 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 know the, our savior that will bring you into the understanding that you've already been given everything you need to live a life pleasing to God everything right now you've already been given it there's no extra amount of holy spirit that you're going to get you already got it does that make sense? Gosh, this is this this kind of tweaks some people's thinking because, you know, I mean, if you're used to thinking, you know, well, I just don't have it. I wished I was like that person or that person. They have, you know, just that gift and all of that, you know. I mean, I understand. I understand what's going through somebody. It's going, you know, went through my head, you know, as the Lord shared this stuff with me. But what about the giftings and the callings and all of that? And, 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 and I understand that, how God has orchestrated that and, and that sort of thing. But personally, when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we, when we give our lives to the Lord, 
and we have a brand new, holy, born-again spirit, it's it. You don't get the model 1920 or not, you know, 2020 or whatever. That's it. That is the epitome of it. You've got everything. And, and that shakes you a little bit, you know. It, it did me, because then I couldn't hide around by going, well, you know, there were no excuses anymore. Does that make sense? There were no excuses. If I lose my control, it's not because God didn't give me enough self-control. It's because I chose to walk against him. You see? And so, that's a little bit more responsibility. You know? Let's, let's read Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. That says it in a different way, but even right in your face. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, who has blessed us with what? Every? Are you, really? Every? That's what the Word of God says. I'm not saying it. The Word of God says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. So I kind of think about that second one. I could be wrong. I'm not a theologian, but I, when I read that second part, I think about saving grace, you know, the just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. I kind of think of salvation when I read that. I could be wrong. Don't tell me I'm wrong yet. Wait till I'm done. <laughs> but, um, but I think about that, and, 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 and I think, okay, yeah, that, that, I, I got that. You know, I, I believe I'm born again, you know, and he chose me from the, before the foundation of the world, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm holy and blameless, and, and I kind of got that. But what's he say before that? You have been given, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Can you believe that? Or are we just, yeah, I believe I'm saved. Yeah, I believe I'm saved. You have been given every spiritual blessing. I, I'm going to do this because somebody did it. Oh, I think pastor did it. And, and I don't normally do this, but I want to uh, just say this with me. I have been given every spiritual blessing. That's, I don't normally do that, but I just had to do that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Did you hear that? You have been given every spiritual blessing. I just feel like dancing, you know? I, I just, oh man, if that doesn't get you going, if that doesn't light your fire, your wood is wet. Okay, that's all I can say. You just, ah, oh, man. Hmm. Every spiritual blessing I have been given. Every spiritual blessing. It's in the trunk. I already got it. You know? I'll, I'll use it when I need it. When, you know? It, it's, it's just there. Wow. Different than, oh, I don't know where that, the next gas station is. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'll make it. I'm going to make it. I got it. You see? 
All right, come on. I'm going to make it. Come on. You, that's it. That's it. Oh, we're going to make it. See, I told you it was going to be right in line. We're going <laughs> uh, to make it. God has us in mind. Whew. Okay, get back on track here. Sometimes God gives us a plan that seems overwhelming. You hesitate to move that way because you can't see all the answers to all the problems that might come up if you take that path. Am I talking to somebody today? You know, thinking about the new year. Oh, on January 1, you got big plans, and then you start going, and then all the what-ifs start happening, and the what-ifs, oh, but what if this, what if that, and all this, this. Your inner man is excited, but there's a reality check that steps in. And that, let me just say that that reality check is what I call, and I don't know if this is a coined phrase, I've never heard it before, but I just kind of made it up, um, what I call the faith continuum. The faith continuum. I thought about all kinds of words, you know, but faith continuum just sounded so pleasant. You know, I'm on a faith continuum. And so, but what it really, what I mean it to be is there's belief, yet there is unbelief also. That is at one end. Well, let's put it this way, the faith continuum. Unbelief, and belief. The faith continuum. You with me? Sometimes I live right here. I got faith, but I also got some unbelief. You, you ever like that? The what-ifs keep throwing at me, and I just can't fend them off sometimes. And so they drag me into, I know I believe, but really? That's kind of a faith continuum, you know? I know God has got this for me, but really? I know I had a word given over me, and I believe God's man brought me, or a woman, uh, brought me the word of the Lord, but really? Really? There's a lot of what-ifs. I've got an example for you. A real live example from the word of God that shows what happens on this faith continuum between unbelief and belief, or somewhere in between. So let's turn to Mark 9. What we'll turn to it, or I'll put it up there. Mark 9. And I'll, believe, uh, I'll begin with verse 20. They brought the boy to him. They, uh, there was a man who had a son who was afflicted by an evil spirit in Mark 9. And so they brought him to Jesus. And when he saw him, when he, small h, I, you know, translations that don't capitalize, I don't even read them. I, I don't even read them. Because how in the world would you know what this scripture meant right here when it says, when he saw him, if they were both small case? I, I don't know how you would understand that. But I understand this because when he, the boy, saw him, Jesus, Immediately the spirit threw him, the boy, into a convulsion. And falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he, Jesus, asked his father. You see all that, how that can go crazy? The son with the father and the Jesus with the father? I mean, you've got to have capital letters. <sighs> anyway, uh, 
And I'm not even an English major, so, you know, uh, but I know that. Um, so, and Jesus asked his father, how long, uh, his father, not his capital H, right? Got it? He asked his father, the boy's father. Sometimes I just get on this thing, you know, it's just, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It, ha- he, it has often thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Okay, that's, that's, I wanted to stop right there and put a little interjection. So, why do you think the man, the father of the boy who was afflicted, why do you think he brought the boy to Jesus? Because he thought that Jesus could not do anything? That he just said, you know, I'm going to bring him to this man. He can't do anything, but I'm going to bring him. No. Do you think that maybe there was some belief in the man? Hey, man, all this, Jesus is healing all these people. Maybe he could do it for my son. I, I, let's go. I believe there was some faith there. Would you grant me that? Would, would you? Okay, good. Because if you would have said no, I would have shut down and gone home. But, you know, <laughs> since you said yes, we're here. Okay. So, he probably heard all that Jesus was doing, right? And so, but, but what I want to do is look at that last sentence. Notice that if you can. But if you can do anything... Remember what I said earlier? Sometimes we allow our actions to be controlled by fear and not faith. We are frozen by the what-ifs. We look at the problems or challenges and say, not me, not now, not ever, how could I ever accomplish that? Maybe it was the same for this man. He brings his son to Jesus with some hope, but also wonders if it could really happen to him. Remember that faith continuum? Where unbelief and belief exist together? What if? See, he says, but if you can do anything. So I see that. I see both. I see a faith, a belief, and I see an unbelief. You see? Let's go on to 23. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. I want to just stop right there. I just, I'm sorry, maybe it's just, and and I don't mean this to be in any way sacrilegious or anything. I don't mean to offend anybody, but I, I just see Jesus going, If you can... Well, what do you mean, if you can? What, what, you know, it, I, <laughs> how many of you know football? And way back in the day, there was a coach that was inter- being interviewed after the game, and they were talking about playoffs, and he just gets so on, playoffs? Playoffs? You know, you have to know football if, you, if you're going to get that. He, he just came in sense to like, what are you talking about? Well, I think Jesus is like that. It's, what do you mean, if you can? What? I, that's just me. I just kind of read that. I, I see it says, if you can, you know, sort of a polite, you know, but I see Jesus is like, just like, 
what are you talking about here? If you can, do you want your son healed or do you not want your son healed? Do you believe me or you do not believe me? Cut the... and get on one side or the other. You know? I just see that in that. I'm sorry, I just read it that way. But then, but then Jesus kind of corrects the whole thing and he says... All things are possible to him who believes. Wow. By the way, what does all mean, anyway? All. Oh, yeah, all. It means all, doesn't it? Yeah. So, all things are possible to him who believes. That's a pretty powerful statement. That's like the end of all statements, right? I mean, there's no waiver in that. He, Jesus bought the farm at that point, right? All things are possible to him who believes. I, I don't know. I take that for what it says. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Fear, the fear continuum. When Jesus saw that a crowd had rapidly gathered, was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. After crying out and throwing him into a terrible conversion, it came out, and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him up, and he got up. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that last, last little part, but I wanted to put it in there because I didn't want to leave the story unfinished. Like, the man brings his boy to Jesus, and then we don't find out if he got healed or not. Well, the story finishes that, yes, the boy was healed, but not without some more drama. Okay? And, and, and that's a whole story in there that you just, and uh, uh, I'm just kind of, I'm going to stay on script, okay? I'm going to stay on script. But just recognize, sometimes when you pray for something, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but it's already done. It's already done. It just didn't look like it. Okay, I'm going to say it. All right? When Jesus saw that a crowd, you, he, he, the, the boy... Uh, one more terrible fit, right? One more throwing on the ground. It's like, it's like he wasn't healed, right? But he was. That's, that's like, Jesus, I believe that the boy was healed when Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. And, and, and then there was this working out, okay? There was the enemy the enemy thrashing, the enemy fighting, the inevitable, the inevitable victory. And when you have struggles in your life, it's the enemy fighting the inevitable victory. That is yours. Amen? 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 All right, I didn't clap first. You clapped, okay? So that, you know. All right, but so, so we have this situation that you know, it, it was done. I, I believe it was done. And then what did people say? Oh, he's dead. It didn't work. It didn't work. 
You know, it, our eyes didn't perceive what was done in the Spirit. And then what? Jesus took him by the hand. Yeah, he's fine. What are you talking about, folks? What are you doing? You see? All things are possible for him. Okay, that was a little bit of much more there, but, but you get the drift of it, right? So what, what I want to do is just, I want to, you know, I, I don't, I, I count myself in this, along this faith continuum. I, I'm, I, I must, I, I'm going to be totally transparent with you, okay? God, I'm still trying to work this truth into my life and be vigilant about unbelief or disbelief or doubt. That's another nicer word. That's the PC word, doubt, you know. That when God, when I pray for something, you know, and I pray according to God's will, I believe it's done. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this situation, but, um, you know, when you're praying for something, I'll just be honest with you. I, I'm just sharing with my life. I'm not saying this is out of the word. I'm just saying that when I start praying for something, I have, I have this mind that this is the will of God. But honestly, there's some disbelief still in there. Honestly, you know. Um, I, I, had, I had, I'll just use a personal one. I won't go for any other one. I had a situation where um, I had great, great pain. Um, I, I don't have pain very often. I mean, very, very rarely. I'm talking, I'm talking once every 10, 15 years, okay? So not very often, right? But I had, I mean, this, this type of pain was immense, man. It just about knocked me woozy, you know, just such pain. And uh, I said, I said, um, this isn't from God, you know, and I, and I began praying, and God, help me, you know, um, you know, I believe it's you, you know, and all the things I was praying for myself, right? And, and I would see a little bit of victory, right? And then the pain would come back, and so what would happen when that pain came back, the doubt came back, you know, okay, Lord, maybe this is not really your will, you don't really, you know, I, I don't know, but so I'm just being just gut honest here. I, I finally, it was, a, it was a struggle in the spirit. It wasn't a struggle physically. It wasn't that I was struggling to maintain um, my pain threshold. It was actually I was struggling against my spirit believing that I could be healed. I, I don't know how else to put it. But when I finally just believed, it just somehow, just supernaturally, I got this just inner witness of, Yes, yes, and amen, this is it, yes, yes. The pain subsided, and I haven't had it again, you know. And so I, I don't know if that's indicative of the way everybody struggles, but that's the way I struggled with something that, um, you know, I, I, wanna, I know God can heal. I know that. I've seen it, you know. And, but whether he would do it for me, I guess, maybe is the point. And so... I had this unbelief still there. And so I struggled along this. And, and, and really it was just, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being so transparent that I wasn't even prepared to share for this and I'm trying to struggle for my words. But um, it was this thing about knowing that God can do something but believing that he would do it for me. I guess maybe that was it. And... And um, maybe that's the struggle you have too, you know.
And so I just kept reading the Word, all just reading the Word, doing battle in the, with the Word. Now, my thoughts weren't good enough. I had to go back and all things are possible. You know, uh, just over and over again, different scriptures that said, yes, yes, it is you. Yes, it is available. So that's just a, an example of, and there can be many of them, like, you know, if God tells you to do a certain thing or take a certain job or move a different place and all that, all the what-ifs start happening and all of that. So everything comes down to something that you believe in your spirit God wants you to do and then you have to struggle with it because our rational mind takes over. Our rational mind then says, oh, wait a minute, is this God? Do I really hear from God? Well, maybe I don't hear from God. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. You know? And, and I know that's a struggle. That's a struggle. So I try to keep it as simple as possible. I try to simplify my life by just knowing more of him and what he's done for me and, and, and getting my attitude aligned, my actions aligned, and then my vision aligned. Because if my vision is aligned with what God's plan for me has been before the foundation of the world, man, I got faith. Whew. You know? So I really kind of focus on that, knowing what God's plan for my life is. Knowing that that, if I move in that direction, he's gone before me and I'm just razor sharp. If I miss a little bit, the other thing is, I know that if I miss a little bit, but when my attitude is right, what's he do? He nudges me back over there and I'm back on track. You see? But when my attitude's not right, my attitude, I need an adjustment. You know, my trajectory is a little bit off and he doesn't, you know what I'm saying? But when my, my, when my attitude is right, my, I'm humble before him, he nudges me back over there and I'm back on track. You see? Oh, God is so good. God is so good. This is the year. Well, we can have musicians, yeah. This is the year. That, By the way, that means that I'm about ready to close, so if you're worried about it at all, you know, I didn't look at the clock. Um, I, I just proposed to you, you know. I, I came not knowing, not having anything except saying, I'm going to share what God said and then it's really up to the hearer to kind of get through all of it and get through what I said and, what the, and see what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. Because I believe today the Holy Spirit is saying something. Absolutely saying something. It's been confirmed three times. And, and, and I don't want to short it or anything, but I'm trying to encapsulate it so that you can hang on to something. God is saying he has a way for you this year. And it's not the way of the world. It is the way of the Holy Spirit. And you have been given everything right now to move in that. There's no more waiting. There's no more wanting more. There's no more. You have everything to fulfill God's calling on your life. It's only up to you 
whether or not you will strike out for it, whether you will go for it, whether you will put aside the what-ifs, get on the faith continuum to faith instead of being frozen in the middle. If you believe something is, something that God has has it's in your life that that's that's yes you believe God wants you to go that way then why should you stop if you if God is calling you into a new adventure a new land if you need a healing lose the what-ifs Lose the what-ifs. Go all in. All in. Because that's the only place God is. God's not in the over here and he's in the all-in part. It, it's like the dad that's at the end of the run when, you, when, when the little child begins to walk. Dad, come on, come on, you're here. The little child doesn't know how to walk really firmly yet, but... God is in the end. He's not, he's not asking you to come here and then standing over there. No, no father would do that. Right? God wants you to come to him today. God, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan. Heavenly Father, God, I ask this right now for this body that this year, oh, that they would sense a new assurance of your plan in their life, Lord. The good works that you have for them. The plans that you've already prepared for them. Your word says that they have already been planned and that this year, Father, we will move to that plan by your Holy Spirit. We will become so fixated on your Spirit, Father, that it would be unthinkable to do otherwise. It would tear us apart to do otherwise but to follow your unction. Oh God, quicken our spirits, Lord, to the value and the potential and the absolute power that we already possess in our spirit man. That which is heavenly born, that which was created before creation, for us to walk in. We thank you, Lord. Father, and I ask that you richly bless this body, this body individual, Lord, that every single person here today, Father, that you would bless, that you would quicken in their spirit right now something that's of you something that they've been struggling with, something, a question, a worry, a what if.
And if you're here today and you've not yet turned your life over to the Lord. In other words, you haven't started on this journey. You haven't said, I want God. Today's the day for you. Today's the day when you say, I want God and everything he has for me on that journey. If that's you, just, just raise your hand and we'll just make sure that we pray for you. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, richly bless this congregation now, Lord, in all the plans and all the doings that you have for this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit gchurch.net for more information about this podcast and other resources.